So I want to take some time to just talk with us a little bit about a very powerful but a very important subject, something that I think would really help all of us in ministry in one way or another. But let me begin by just being a little transparent, a little open, uh, and prayerfully, in some cases, honest enough that we will all see the reality of the direction that I'm heading in this podcast and in tonight in this episode of DYP. In my time of ministry and in my time of sharing God's word with God's people, I have been so blessed to come in contact with so many from across the country and the world um, who share the assignment and share the task of preaching God's gospel to God's people. Uh, To many of them, you know, I am carrying different titles. I'm known by different titles, depending upon uh, what season of life we were connected in and what season of my life we met. However, one of the most important things that I see now more than ever is seeing the importance of recognizing our spiritual relationship as brothers and sisters in Christ. I think now more than ever, and I I say this not only to young preachers, but I say this to all of us in the preaching ministry, um, it sort of saddens me that we use those terms so lightly. We use the terminology brother and sister so lightly. That's my brother. That's my sister. Uh, And I think sometimes we've got to, again, see the importance. We've got to once again reevaluate and we've got to above all rediscover the importance of true spiritual brotherhood and sisterhood, particularly as it relates, relates to those of us who are in the preaching and pastoral ministry. Because if we were truly identify ourselves as true brothers, true sisters, there is a level of respect and regard that goes with that title. When we talk about being brothers, being sisters, that simply means that I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to guard you. If I can't help you, I won't harm you. And it troubles me sometimes because what I see now more than ever is people using those terminologies and our actions are not lining up with our words. That's my bro. That's my sis. But our actions don't line up. And so I want to talk about this for a minute or two. And I just want to share uh, what I pray will be a, a just down home, straight forth, practical word of advice, not just to you guys, but I believe this will be something that will fit all of us. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 13, the very first verse pretty much says it all for us. And then it actually goes a little bit further uh, looking at the second verse as well. And so I'm going to touch on that first and then a couple other verses I'm going to highlight. But in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says from the English Standard Version, let brotherly love continue. Now that's verse 1 all by itself. Now there's a lot in that one verse that we really got to hold on to. First of all, it says, let brotherly love continue. Quick Bible study. When you think about the word love in the Bible, there are some five different versions or five different types of love that we find uh, in scripture. We, we, we think about, of course, the arrows or the erotic, the sensual love, the storge, the love between those in association or love by association. 
we think about the agape or the agape love, that self-sacrificing love, that love that goes beyond uh, the status quo. But then we talk about that love that is called philos or philios. Uh, philios in the Greek simply means the love of a brother or the love between family. And so I want to zero in on that one for a moment or two, because that's the type of love that the writer of the Hebrews is speaking of here in Hebrews 13. True family love simply says that I'm going to cover you because we're family. True family love says that I'm going to look out for your best interest. I'm going to make sure that everything that I do is for your best interest. Why? You're my brother. You're my sister. If I can't help you, I'm not going to harm you. And I say that in particular because I want to make sure we understand that in this day and time that we live in, we need to develop true relationships with fellow preachers of the gospel that are going to look out for our best interest. I want to encourage every young preacher, connect with a preacher, connect with fellow preachers who are going to love you enough to boost you, to support you, to celebrate you, and even if necessary, correct you. See, true brotherly love simply says that I'm willing to give it as well as receive it. In a lot of ways, we are easy to give it. We can give it to others, but we struggle when it comes to giving it back. We, it's easy for me to tell you what I think you're doing wrong, but true brotherhood simply says that if you see me going wrong, I need to be able to receive it from you without an attitude, without getting upset, without getting mad, without not wanting to speak or there being an adjustment in my attitude. I see that now more than ever in this day and time, especially as it relates to those of us in ministry. I need us to get away from this thinking and this concept of being brothers as long as we can get something from one another. We got to get away from being brothers and sisters as long as I can get from you and not pour back into you. See, if you're in a relationship where you're doing all the pouring out, sooner or later you're going to become empty if you don't have anybody pouring back into you. True brotherhood relationships, true brother and sister relationship simply says that I'm going to really invest into you. I'm going to pour into you. You're going to find me celebrating you. You're going to find me honoring you. I'm going to look out for your best interest. If, if, if there's something that I see that you're doing that might not be good for you in the long term, I'm going to love you enough to say, you know what? This is not what you should be doing. And what I would really hope and trust is, is that it is received in the same level of love that it is given. So, so the, the writer of the Hebrew says, let brotherly love continue. It simply says to me that brotherly love started somewhere. Where did brotherly love start? Well, let's think about it and then let's move forward. True brotherly love started when Jesus Christ tiptoed through 42 generations and came to this earth. And after 33 years on this earth, 30 years of preparation, three years of actual ministry, he would actually face the punishment for a crime that he never committed. As a matter of fact, here's the reality. The punishment that he faced, he took it on our behalf. If you will remember in the gospel, we were taught in scripture 
how in the hour of temptation, when it came close to the time that Christ would have to give his life, he prayed in that garden and asked God, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this because the people have not received me. The people have not heard me. The people have not honored me. And so now you're asking me to give my life for people who don't even want to regard me in their presence, which is a very powerful point that I need to tell you real quick. True brotherhood, true sisterhood has just as much respect for you in their absence as they would in their presence. If you call yourself in a relationship or with a spiritual relationship and call yourself in a relationship and call them spiritual brother and spiritual sister, and, and you know and you hear and you learn and you discover that a trust has been broken to the point that they are things that have been shared and now they're being shared with somebody else. Or if they treat you one way around a certain crowd of people and then treat you differently when, thing, when people are not around. Or better yet, if they say one thing to you in your face, but then say something totally different about you in your absence, you better check that relationship. And I want to encourage young preachers now more than ever. Let me just, just throw that young preacher out uh, for a moment. Let me encourage all of us as preachers of the gospel that, that let me encourage us. Let's be real with our relationships with one another. Let's stop playing games with one another. Let's stop playing games with one another's influence. Let's stop playing games with one another's relationship. If, 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 if you can't help them, don't hurt them. If you don't mean them any good, don't get involved with it. Above all, if your motives and your intentions are not pure, you better know all of that's going to come and it's going to reveal itself quickly. And then you get into a situation, I'm, I'm moving into another direction, but it's very helpful. Then you get into a situation where your influence and your affluence has now been brought into question. You don't want to destroy your influence because of the way you carry yourself. See, influence is built in integrity. I want to say that again. Influence is built in integrity. True integrity simply says that if I see you and, and what you have on is not fitting you properly, then my true integrity and my love for you as a brother or a sister is to, first of all, pull you to the side and say, hey, bro, hey, sis, that didn't look good. Hey, bro, hey, sis, that wasn't the right way. No, the wrong way for me to do it is to see you out there and you are about to do something that's going to cause more harm than good to your influence and your affluence. And instead of pulling you to the side and helping you to get back on the right track, I go run and tell somebody else what I saw and I seek to discredit you. See, let me tell you something. There's an old song that says that if you dig one ditch, you better dig two. Because the trap you set for others will wind up becoming for you. So now more than ever, what I want us to do is let's stop playing games with relationship, especially spiritual relationship. Let's not let's stop playing games with not only our spiritual relationships, but let's stop playing games even in our camaraderie as ministers of the gospel. Let's stop playing games. Let's stop. God help me say this. Let's stop using and abusing one another for the sake of our anointing. 
And then once you've gotten what you need or what you desire to get from another, you kick them to the curb and then don't want to deal with them anymore. Sad but true. Let's not find the label being placed on us that the only time you call is when you want something or when you need something. Right now in the midst of this COVID, we ought to be checking on one another. And I, and I say that even, you know, talking to myself, because truth be told, that's something even myself that I'm, I'm working on, trying to be a little bit better about. You know, if you come across my mind, I'm going to send you a text message. If I think about you, if I see you on Facebook or on Instagram, I'm going to send you a quick word. If, if I come in contact with you, person, face to face, rather, one of my first questions is going to be, how you doing? How you been? Everything okay? That's true brotherhood. True brotherhood secondly says, I have no reason to be jealous of you. I have no reason. Now we can go all the way back to the book of Genesis and see what happens there. You remember Cain and Abel? Both of them had the potential for greatness. Both of them were designed by God to be promise bearers, promise keepers, and promise fulfillers. But because of an attitude or because of the wrong attitude, things quickly shifted to the point that one brother became jealous of another to the point that he actually murdered his own brother. Remember that? It all came down to the offerings that were presented to God. And the Bible says that Cain became jealous because, not because of what Abel offered, but Cain became jealous and enraged and ended up murdering his brother because God received his offering more so than his. He received his brother's offering more than his. And it wasn't what he gave, it was the attitude or the spirit in which he gave. Which gives me a good time to encourage us as preachers and as pastors working together. Look, when one of us is honored, we all are honored. When, when one is celebrated, we all are celebrated. You don't have to get jealous when a door opens for a fellow brother or a fellow sister. After all, true brotherhood says three things. The first thing it says is, look, if you are being blessed, then guess what? I'm next in line. I just got a sneak peek, a preview of what's coming my way. So I'm not going to get jealous. I'm not going to get upset. I, I, I'm not going to seek to bring you down. I'm not going to belittle you. I'm not going to belittle the blessing. I'm not going to belittle the miracle. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be found celebrating with you. God blesses you to, to, to move into a new areas of ministry, it's not my place to say what's wrong with them. Why not them? Why did they get it? No. God blesses you to, to matriculate through seminary and God blesses you to finish and you get a degree and you're able to launch out into something greater. It's not my place to look at you and say and try to find everything that's wrong. No, we got to be able to celebrate one another. Let's push one another. You know, let's be found doing our best to say, hey, bro, I'm proud of you. As a matter of fact, that's what true brotherhood does. True brotherhood pushes forward, not seeks to hold back. 
True brotherhood says that if I'm really behind you, you're going to see it not only when we're face to face, but you're going to hear about it in the absence. Because you should not have to worry about somebody coming back and saying, you know what Worthy said? Worthy told me this, that, and the other. And if it does come to you, true brotherhood says, look, that's my brother, and I'm not going to let you talk about them in my presence. See, these are the things that are missing. These are the things that are missing. And I will take it a step further because I can speak from experience. This is nothing new. In, in, in the 29 years, 29 years in November, in the 29 years that I have been preaching God's gospel and been sharing God's word with God's people, I was told then, 29 years ago, I was told that you're going to have some people that will be jealous of you, that people will be jealous of your gifting. People will be jealous of the opportunities that are afforded to you. People will be jealous and they will belittle you in the presence of others. They will say negative things about you in the presence of others. But I thank God for folks like my dad and those who were ra- who raised me up in ministry, who constantly reminded me that criticism and compliments should be worn the same. They always told me criticism and compliments should be worn like perfume or cologne. Wear it on you, but don't let it get in you. Because if you wear it on you, you have the opportunity to wash it off. But if it gets in you, it will become toxic and poisonous. And what we don't need right now in the body of Christ, with all that is happening in our world, is we don't need toxicity to set in in any of us as brothers and sisters. So, so we got to be able to see that. We got to look out for one another. True biblical brotherhood. If I call you my brother, if I call you my sister, watch this. I'm going to love you despite your faults. True brotherhood says I'm going to lift you up despite your situation. True brotherhood says that if you see me going left, I'm expecting you to grab me before I make a fool of myself. It's a prime example of that I want to share with you here very quickly as, as, I'm, as I'm closing up and wrapping up for this session. Think about the brothers of uh, the brothers and the sons rather of Noah. Think about Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Think about that for a moment. Think about it. Think about it. Remember, the Bible talks about Noah was drunk and he was sleep naked in the entrance of his tent. And, and he woke up and realized, did not realize because he was drunk that he was naked. And you had one brother who ran and got the other two brothers and said, come see this. You know, sometimes we need to think for a moment. Think about the time that is wasted in trying to go run and get some spectators to see another brother or another sister or even a spiritual mother or father in a moment of weakness. What are we saying to the world when the world sees us in the body of Christ using an opportunity to expose a fellow brother or sister in a moment of weakness, in a moment of, of, shall I say, nakedness, 
in a moment of indecency. You remember what happened while that one brother ran and got the other two brothers, the other two brothers, watch this, read it. It's over in the book of Genesis. I love the way the, the Bible tells it. They grab a, a, a sheet. I'll put it that way. They grab a sheet. They grab it on each end. They turn their backs to Noah and start walking backwards until they had got him into a decent place and had him covered. See, the thing about it was, one, I'm going to cover you. But two, I don't want to be in a situation where I see it and then further expose indecency. True brotherhood says that if you see me indecent, if you see me in a moment of spiritual nakedness, if you see me in a moment that I am in a place that I could be considered embarrassed, it's not is not that moment for you to celebrate, that's the moment to say, you know what? Let me cover you. And I want to encourage every preacher of the gospel. Let's start covering one another. I want to encourage young preachers, especially as you're beginning in your walk of ministry and sharing God's gospel and preaching God's word to God's people, get into the attitude and get into the mindset of beginning to cover one another. Cover me. You might not understand it, but cover me. You might see it and you might feel it's embarrassing, but don't go publish it. Cover me. And if you hear somebody else talking about it, stop it. Shut it up is what I really want to say before it actually gets there. That's what true brotherhood is. That's what true sisterhood is. True brotherhood, true sisterhood helps me to realize finally that we all have sinned and all of us have come short of God's glory. All of us have got some areas in our lives we need to work on. True brotherhood also says, according to Galatians chapter six, verse two, that even in that moment, I've got to consider myself. How would I want to be treated if it were me? So, so, so now more than ever, I want to encourage you as preachers of the gospel, young preachers, let's start rediscovering true spiritual brotherhood. Everybody needs somebody in their lives that can do three things. One, they can lift you up when you're down. Two, they can pull you down when you start lifting yourself up. But then third and finally, they can encourage you to stay humble where God can use you. That's what, that's, that's what we've got to do now. That's where we are now. These are the things that we've got to do now more than ever. I want to encourage young preachers. Let's, let's, let's rediscover true brotherhood. Let me, let me say to all of us as pastors and ministers, let's rediscover true brotherhood. If I can't help you, I won't hurt you. That's that's true brotherhood. True brotherhood says, if you need me, call me. True brotherhood says that, that, that if you're in a crisis and you need your brother, you need your sister. There, there, are, there are some brothers and sisters I have in ministry that I already know that in the time of a crisis, if my back's against the wall, 
if I run into situations and I need some guidance or I need some advice or I just need somebody to talk to, I got some brothers that I can call on. There are some brothers I know right now that if I ever get sick, especially as a pastor, if I ever get sick or something comes up and I'm not able to stand in my rightful place as pastor of St. James Church, I can call them at a moment's notice. And if they can't be there, they'll say, look, I've got somebody I can send. That's true brotherhood. That's true sisterhood. Now more than ever, especially with all that is happening in our world today, I pray that this pandemic has awakened all of us in ministry to see the importance of rediscovering the fact that we are teammates. We're not competitors. I pray that this pandemic has allowed us to wake up now and realize, guess what? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one father of all who is in all and working through all. I pray that this pandemic has helped all of us to see as, as, as Hezekiah Walker recorded it. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. So what does true brotherhood say? Stand with me. Agree with me. And I'm going to add to that. Even if you don't agree, be honest enough to say, I don't agree. And then let's talk it through. Let's work it out. I want to close by issuing a challenge to every pastor, every minister, every young preacher. I want, to, I want to challenge us to do something. I want to challenge you this week, this week, to reach out to seven ministers, seven pastors, seven preachers. I want to challenge you to reach out to them. Now, I know some of you already have your, your close-knit circle, and I thank God for that, but I want to challenge you. Reach beyond your close-knit circle. Reach out whether it be on Facebook, send an instant message if you have to. Drop a post on, on their Facebook page. If you got a phone number, send a text message. Got an email address, send an email address. Send an email rather. And let them know, I got you covered. I got you covered. In the midst of your discretions, I got you covered. In the midst of your mistakes and your failures, you don't have to worry about me broadcasting it because I got you covered. In the midst of your trial, in the midst of your trouble, know already that I will not be sitting on the sidelines laughing at you and talking about you. Instead, I'm going to be on my knees and on my face praying for you. Why? I got you covered. And that's really what I wanted to share tonight. That's what I wanted to share. This is really what I wanted to share. And, I, and I, I, I honestly pray that as preachers of the gospel, that we will see the importance of rediscovering true brotherhood, true sisterhood, that we'll get away from judging and being judgmental, that we'll move away from, from belittling and demeaning folks. That, that God would heal us from previous hurts and deliver us from the spirit of envy and jealousy 
I don't have to get jealous just because you've got one more member than I do. Come on, y'all. Let's get beyond that. And then at the same time, I'm not going to belittle you because I may have more members because here is the word of God. The word of God said to whom much is given. Much will be required. Instead, we're going to hold up one another. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to push one another. And in the midst of it all, God is going to be glorified. The people of God edified. Jesus Christ is exemplified. The Holy Spirit will be magnified. But most of all, every demon and every devil from hell will be horrified and terrified. Why? Psalm 133 says in the very first verse, behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. I want to take this moment to thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for connecting with us.